All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Empowerment Hour. Today we have a very special guest with us, and her name is Blair Hope. She is an animal communicator and healer. As a Healing Touch for Animals practitioner and animal communicator with over 10 years of experience, Blair helps pet parents and their pets with behavior, health, and communication and end-of-life care. As a pet mom herself, Blair knows how hard it can be when our pets are struggling and loves being able to help pets feel better and behave better and pet parents to understand and bond and find solutions with their pets. Yeah, Blair, thank you so much for being with us today. I am really excited that you're here and it's amazing gift and talent that you have. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got started? Sure. Thanks so much for having me on your as your guest today. Um, I found Healing Touch for Animals when my heart dog, a chocolate lab named Bear, was about 12 years old, and I wanted to find a natural way to keep him healthy as he aged. Um, so Bear and I together started taking Healing Touch for Animals classes and learning the techniques, and I started working with my own pets and friends' pets and doing some volunteer work. Um, and as I was working, I saw the animals feel better and start to behave better, and I started getting uh, just intuitive information, which I didn't know at the time was animal communication because I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> um, but I would just get information on what they needed and it would be accurate. Um, and, and sometimes I would get information that didn't make any sense. So I wouldn't always share it with the person, but I learned to trust that. Um, and through the Healing Touch for Animals techniques, and the communication, I was able to see Bear through his natural transition at almost 18 years old. And um, yeah. Wow. 18 years yeah. is a long time. <laughs> it was. It really helped him. Um, and you know, it was it was hard watching him decline. And so being able to do something to help him feel better and have a better quality of life. And then through the communication piece, um, trusting that I was making the right decisions because it's not an easy time and it's I didn't have a lot of support from the people around me necessarily but through this work I was able to just find complete peace and I had no regrets um, when he did eventually pass and I knew then that I really wanted to share this with other pet parents and help them find the same healing and peace for both them and their pets that's beautiful Um, okay. So that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Can you yeah. explain to us what Healing Touch for Animals is? Yes. So Healing Touch for Animals is actually adapted from Healing Touch program, which is for people originally created by nurses. And it's a modality of energy medicine that uses the practitioner's hands to guide the flow of the energy and the energy system. And then that opens and balances the energy system of the person or pet and creates a physiological relaxation response which in turn supports the body's immune system and supports the body to self-heal both physically and emotionally. So the Healing Touch for Animals techniques are adapted slightly from the people's version because animals' energy systems, primarily their energy field around them, is a little bit different. So the techniques have to be a little bit different. That makes and sense. it works really well in conjunction with things like traditional veterinary medicine or dog training or behaviorists. 
that makes sense. Okay, interesting. Um, did you, is this something that you kind of discovered yourself these, or did you learn different healing modalities along the way and combined it? Like, how did you, how this come to be? That was the, actually the first modality that I learned. I didn't really, well, I had a friend that was studying energy. So I knew just a little bit, but I went into my first healing touch for animals class, um, pretty much new <laughs> to the idea and the subject. And I learned it through, through healing touch for animals classes. And then I was also practicing working on my intuition um, and later developing my meditation practice. So now I have a variety of tools kind of in my toolbox to help these pets. And it's interesting that all the, the different modalities seem to support each other. It is really awesome that they, that you can bring all of that in. But what I love is our pets are our babies, you know, for those yes. of us out there that have pets, they're our babies, they're our everything, and they don't speak the same language we do. So I know that it is wonderful to have something that you, a tool that can help you when you're not sure what's going on with your pet and what's, and what's happening, you know? Um, Definitely. And that's one of my favorite things is I get to give the animals a voice because they're communicating with us. Um, but we don't always know how to hear them. And I myself, before I knew any of this, had a cat that struggled with really serious behavior and health. Um, and I didn't know how to help him. And I, I wish I'd known this then, um, because when there are ba or fur babies, it's so hard when you don't know how to help them and they're struggling. So yeah, I love yeah. being able to give them a voice and helping their parents um, start to be able to communicate with them better directly too. Would you um, talk a little bit about the difference of animals' energy fields, how they differ from humans and what, what you see in them? Yes, that's a good question. So we're all made of, all living things are made of energy and we have different parts of our energy system like chakras and the hara and the meridians. Um, but we also have an electromagnetic energy field around our bodies. So for you and I, for people, we have a layered energy field that expands like generally four to six feet and it expands and contracts. But animals have a field, first of all, that is all integrated. So it's not layered, which is one reason why they don't hold on to things like we tend to. And also <laughs> it's much bigger. So your dog's energy field is 10 times the size of your energy field. Your cat's is bigger than that, and a horse's is even bigger than that. Oh, so is that why, like, when a dog starts barking because there's something outside, they can they pick up on that because it's they can feel that clear so far away. Yes, yes, that's one reason why they can sense things that we cannot. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, like, what are you barking at? <laughs> <laughs> And then we see it, right? We just didn't hear it or see it until it showed up in our space of our senses. Yeah. And I love what you said, the part that they don't hold on to things like we do as humans. They just kind of let it go. Um, that's kind of awesome too. Because I know sometimes, I'll admit this myself sometimes, and I know other people, clients that do this, we put our human emotions on the pets, like, oh, they must be really upset about this or you know, you know, things like that. So it's kind of nice for out people out there to hear that they let things go. They don't hold on to them as we do. 
That's such a good point. That comes up, especially with the emotion of grief. Sometimes we project grief on our animals when they have a, actually have a better understanding and they're able to accept the energy of the process and let it go. Wow. That's why it kind of seems like that's why animals are such good lovers or just unconditional love. They just greet you, just unconditional love always. They're like the best healers. <laughs> they really are. Well, do you have some examples or stories that you could share with us that um, of type of healing things you've done for people? Absolutely. I have lots of stories. Um, I just had one, actually, I just, I have a client that I work with. I worked with lots of her animals. She has cats and a horse and one of her anim cats I've been working with because he's in um, kind of a hospice situation. And recently he has had a lot of weakness in his back right leg. And I've been working to support him and clear that so he can have a good quality of life. And I worked with him the other day and all of a sudden it clicked for his mom that she this week had started having pains in her right ankle, moving up her right knee and up into her right hip area. And she happened to have had a um, hip replacement several years ago. So because of that connection, <laughs> I was able to help the cat and I also ended up doing a session for the mom and we were able to clear and find out what some of the stuck energy in her body was coming from. And yeah. so often it happens when we have this deep emotional bond with our pets that we either are, they're reflecting us or they might be taking on some of our stuff or just have some of the same energetic issues that we do. And I find that fascinating. That's incredible. That's really incredible. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was just thinking about, um, it, it's almost like you're giving, you're giving a healing for the person and the pet at the same time. That's what kind of comes up a lot of time because I work with pet parents specifically, and we have that bond, a lot of times there comes an awareness when we're helping the pet and awareness comes up for the person and either some healing takes place or they then know what, what their next step is to work on. So there is such a strong connection and healing between the pet and their person. Wow. All right. What, what else, what other stories do you have? Well, I'm also working with a cat at a rescue right now, a local rescue near me. And this, this guy is a um, really handsome cat and people keep coming to look at him, but he's been in the rescue since he was a kitten and it's been almost two years and he hides in a cat cubby and he wouldn't, you know, the most loving volunteers and staff at the rescue still are having, we're having a hard time getting close to take care of him because he'd hiss and he'd scratch or he'd try to bite them. And I went to the rescue and did a session with him and I did healing touch for animals techniques with him. And I did some animal communication. And after the session, one of the caretakers told me he actually came out and stayed out in the room when somebody came in. They have a huge cat room and normally someone would come in and he would take off and hide. They would never see him. So he came out that right after the session, he came out and stayed out. And since then I've worked with him maybe two more times and he's now actually coming out to play with the staff and interacting with the other cats. <laughs> wow. Life-changing. That makes me get teary-eyed just thinking about that because I know I've gone to shelters and there's, there are those pets that 
hide in the corner or don't, or, you know, or act really aggressive and, and you, my heart hurts for them because I want them to find good homes. I want them to find a, a good place to be. Oh, for sure. Right. Oh my God. How beautiful. <laughs> when you get to see them play, it's like, they're not hiding anymore. Oh my gosh. What did, like, can we ask what you found out why he was hiding? Sure. So it turns out that he, um, had an experience that he shared with me of somebody, it felt like a male person reaching down, like kind of trying to convince him to come, but got him and took him to the shelter. I didn't feel like he had any bad intentions, but this little cat then didn't trust people. And, you know, it was actually during COVID too. So not only did that happen and he didn't understand, but the energy, you know, was, was really, um, different <laughs> and challenging for a lot of us. And this little guy just, was really struggling with not wanting to trust people and not feeling safe. And even though the staff was really trying hard and doing a great job and they had come a long way with him to be able to feed him, he was just stuck energetically and he needed a lot of energy work. Um, and, and the feeling I got from him is that he understands when people don't feel comfortable with other and safe around other people. So he would actually be fantastic. Um, pet for a person that has some anxiety and is trying to build their trust, but trust animals because they could help each other. Hmm. I love that. That is so awesome. I hope I'm going to send some energy. I hope he gets adopted very soon. Uh, the right person. That I think needs he's getting him. a lot closer. <laughs> did that so does did the animal shelter did they reach out to you did this place reach out to you or do you um, volunteer and know of some of these pets that might need help how did you know that he was in need of some energy work well I reached out to the local shelter I had a friend that was on the board there and asked if there was anything I could do to help and I went out and talked to them and introduced them to the idea of healing touch for animals and animal communication and they were very receptive and so they um, will every once in a while um, ask me to work on an animal that needs some support. That is super awesome. That is so incredible. <laughs> And it was really interesting because this little cat didn't, you know, most of the time we can talk to these animals and say, we want you to find a forever home. But because this cat didn't trust people based on his experience when he was little, that was not at all appealing to him. So I also worked with him and talked to him about, you know, what that could feel like with the right person and with his en shift in energy, feeling more grounded and more balanced. He seems to be a lot more open to that idea now. No wonder why you love what you do, <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Okay, what kind of animals, I mean, do you work on all kinds of animals? Like if I had a pet turtle that wasn't okay, would you work on that, work on that turtle? Or what kind of animals have you worked on? I can definitely apply these techniques to all animals. Um, I mo while I mostly work with dogs, cats, and horses, I've worked with guinea pigs. I worked, I communicated with a sloth um, through a, a class I was in. I recently worked with a bull that was being rescued in India. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I've worked with some farm animals. I worked with some wild animals. <laughs> That's incredible. I got goosebumps. That, this is so amazing. <laughs> this is really uh, wonderful. I know, and I know I've had people come to me um, with stuff about their pets. I mean, it's, this is a big thing. This is something that a lot of people need help with. 
So do you have any more stories you want to share with us? Sure. Um, let's see. So I, I work, I do a lot of work with behavior, but I also work with pets with physical health, like the cat that I'm working with. Um, and I worked with a horse that I've worked with a couple times, but this horse had um, an injury of some sort and was having a hard time with her back legs and was under vet care and being taken good care of, but it was getting worse. Um, and I first worked with her. They kind of called me in an emergency that she wasn't able to stand up and they were really worried about her, of course. Um, so I worked with her and did energy work. And when the owner came back in the next morning, the horse was up and moving around. And the same horse, yeah, <laughs> huge relief. And the same horse, it turns out the barn she was at wasn't a good fit. So one of the kind of interesting side benefits that came out of working with her was her person became aware and went through some growth themselves and found a better barn that fit them both much, much better. And she's, the horse was recovering better at the new place, but still was kind of up and down. And at one point the vet said, you might have to start thinking about euthanasia. Um, so I worked with her again and this horse had a message for her mom. Don't you give up on me. I'm not done. And to look at her spirit and not just what her body looked like. And I kept, I did a couple sessions with the horse, the owner kept giving her treatment and working with the barn and she has completely recovered oh my yeah. oh my god that gives me tears and chills and oh I'm so grateful for that that is wonderful yeah 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 what a no blessing. matter how many times I do this work I'm just in awe every time and I learn from every animal it's just amazing and there's just, go ahead Maria sorry I'm sure you're like there's so much that you can learn about yourself in this experience too or about animals humans there's just it seems like a wealth of knowledge and healing for you as you're doing this for the animals and their pet owners I'm sure Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going through some per things in my personal life in the last couple of years, and I was amazed to find that I could still be a channel for these healings. Um, and 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 do this work no matter what was going on with me. And of course, like any healer, every time we do this work, it, it benefits us as well, just from being open to that energy flow for someone else and being that willing channel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I do. I, I know what you're talking about. I feel that way too. After I work with a client, I feel good being in the energy and allowing it to flow through and allowing the healing to happen for that other person. And you just get to include pets and animals with that as well. <laughs> I do have a question. One thing you mentioned how you were clearing the one, I think it was a cat, her leg and then it was healing the the human too, right? Not not exactly. Um, I worked on the cat in his own session, and then because of the issue that came up, the person had like it clicked all of a sudden why she was having some of the pain, and I did work to clear her too. But they were definitely related. But I work on them individually in their own sessions. Right. It's just interesting how it's all connected energetically. We're 
connected to each other and you're working on someone in your family or your pet it's going to affect the owner or someone else so it's all connected yeah that's so cool yes do you ever notice how some pets kind of look like the owners do you ever find that it's like they look kind of similar <laughs> what's that about you're <laughs> like hey <laughs> like the same now i don't well, know i've never I've never thought about that, but a lot of times I'll be talking to the person like, this is the sense I get of your pet and they'll start laughing because they'll go, yeah, yeah, that sounds a lot like me. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So if, um, what is the most important thing that you could tell someone that's struggling with their pet's behavior right now? If someone just is having a really tough time with our animal, what would you suggest that they do? I would say the first thing is to know that there's no bad pets, that there's always, always an underlying reason for behavior. And that from, at least from my experience, our pets, when they have an emotional bond to us, they want to do well. So if we, if their behavior is stressful, they're struggling too. And sometimes just looking at it from that perspective, that there's something stopping them from doing well, can take a little bit of that stress off of us too. And I look at it like a puzzle. So you, if there's a behavior issue, especially if there's a behavior, like a change in behavior, um, you know, you want to rule out any underlying medical conditions. So you might talk to your vet. And at the same time, depending on the animal, you might look at a trainer to support you. And then the perspective that I bring in is the energetic perspective and how the pet feels. Because a lot of times when there is behavior that's really stressful or maybe isn't responding to training or vet care, there's an energetic block that they, that is stopping them from doing well, or there's something that we need to communicate with them about, give them some missing information. Ooh, what do you mean? Like uh, communicate with missing information. Can you give an example of that? Yeah. So um, one of the things, sometimes jobs can be confusing. So an animal, especially for example, you adopt an animal that has lived in another family and they may come in with the belief or the, the experience that their job is, for example, to protect your family. When maybe that's not really what you want and you're seeing a lot of barking, you're seeing some aggressive behavior around other animals. And so they need the information that your job in this home is to just be a companion. So that's one time where we're missing information sometimes. Okay. And I love the one thing that is so huge that I feel like you said too, is there are no bad animals. There are no bad animals. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, and you know, when they are, when our pets are, you know, destroying our stuff or <laughs> causing us to, to um, have to change our schedules or limit where we can take them, it's really stressful. And sometimes it's hard to remember that they're struggling too. And I've, I've been there, so I completely understand. <laughs> yeah. Say, can we give uh, humans that hall pass too? It's like, okay, you're acting like a maniac right now but you've got a block. So it's all right. (laughs) That is true. Sometimes we forget that. I mean, yeah, that's true. I will look and I am, I'm totally guilty of 
seeing a, a dog in the park start barking at me and I think, oh, that's a bad dog, but maybe that's not a bad dog at all. They're just scared or they don't know my energy or they're wondering why did I come up all of a sudden? So I know there's a lot of people out there that make judgments of animals and just think, oh, well, they're bad, you know, and that you can't fix them and there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times either they're doing the job that they think they're supposed to, but it's not the right job for their family or it's fear, you know, like, like us too, a lot of the blocks are fear and animals, a lot of the blocks are fear. And sometimes if their energy system is out of balance or ungrounded, or if that energy field is not working properly, then they misread the energy and the information coming into them and everything feels threatening. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I just want to share with the audience that I, I work with Blair too. I have a 10 month old puppy and um, Blair has been a lifesaver for me because we had challenging behaviors and we didn't understand and you came right in. And within a few sessions, we have noticed a huge transformation in our puppy. It was just a, his energy field was a little bit off. You were able to communicate with him. And I want to share this too, because what you talk about, they're not sure about the right job because my little guy, he's an Australian shepherd. He's thinking he should be on a farm because all his brothers and sisters went to other farms to help people. Um, he was confused what he was doing in our, in our home and what his role was. And so he was a little um, out of balance with that. And when Blair communicated with him, oh my goodness, we've seen a huge transformation in him. It is amazing. I can't speak highly enough of the amazing work that you have done for us. So glad. And I love working with pet parents like you who are just really trying to help their pet and want the best for them. Because what I see in like you and your dog and your family and other people I work with is there's so much potential. Usually it's not that it's the wrong match. You just have to figure out like help the pet so that they can do well and then communicate the information they need. And then usually it becomes this amazing, amazing partnership because I also believe that animals come into our life for a reason. And it's not just for us to help them. It's for them to help us too. That's so amazing. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. If, if um, people wanted to reach out to you, Blair, and maybe look at what you do or book a session with you, how can they reach you? The best thing is to go to my website, uh, which, which I can give and they can always, there's a button on there. You can schedule a free call with me so we can talk about your pet. I'm offering some free webinars, web, bleh, webinars for pet parents. And I have some free download information on like how to talk to your pets and what behavior might be trying to tell you. So, and of course you can book a session. So all of that's available through my website. Fantastic. Do you want to say it out loud? Just in case I have someone that isn't wa watching us, but just listening, can you say it for us? Yes, absolutely. So it's www.blairhope.com which is B-L-A-I-R-H-O-P-E.com. Fantastic. Okay. Maria, did you have any other questions for Blair today? Oh, man. Well, I know who I'm coming to if I get a pet and I have, you know, behavior issues with my pet. Um, this has been so interesting. And yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing your gifts. Oh, yeah. I think you are amazingly talented. And I know there are so many people out there that need this information and need this help. And together, just knowing this, communicating and helping, 
I mean, it makes such a big difference in the world. So I'm so grateful that you're doing it, Blair. It's really amazing. I'm so grateful to be able to help all these amazing animals who give us so much unconditional love. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. All right, everyone. Um, if you have any comments, please feel free to put them on our Facebook page for Empowerment Hour. And uh, we will put, uh, we'll also put in the notes again, Blair's website. So you can go there and check her out. But thank you for being here with us today. And thank you, Blair, so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Thank you, Blair.